morning and welcome to Bite Size. My name is Tony Pollock, and I'm your host here on Wednesdays today from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern right here at the Nachum Siegel Network. Let me tell you, it's been a uh, wet start to this week. I just don't have shoes that I love to wear, or that I like to wear, whatever, in the rain. That are like work attire worthy. You know, for the winter I have, I got boots, whatever, they look pretty solid. So like, it's fine, you could wear it to work and not like necessarily feel bad. But if you're trying to look nice at work, I've just been wearing like sneakers in the rain. Because like, I don't really care to get them wet. I don't want to get my other stuff wet. I guess that's on my shopping list uh, this summer. What I'm excited about this summer is, I mean, first of all, the weather outside of, I guess, this week in the random rain has been great. But otherwise, I just, I don't know why. I just, I like cleaning. You know, the summer, I guess, spring cleaning it's called. But oftentimes I go through my closet in the summer and I say, I haven't worn this in the last 365 days. I haven't worn this in the last year. Put it all into a bag, donate it somewhere. Uh, that's how I get my uh, closet a bit clean. Throw out some stuff that just that I don't need or that's just old and, for lack of a better word, gross, I guess. I feel like I need one of those. I feel like I just need... Uh, I guess I haven't like, had a Sunday to myself yet, and this Sunday is looking like a summer Sunday, and this Sunday is looking pretty, pretty free right now, so that's good. Um, I guess I'll... Uh, don't someone don't don't do anything for me on the Sunday or you know don't make me busy this Sunday even though the weather's actually supposed to be pretty nice so uh <laughs> I guess may have to I mean the truth is I could do two things especially in the morning there's just a lot of time before like you're gonna actually do something though if I go play like I don't know softball or football or whatever in the morning then uh that just tires me out for the day but all right I guess I just uh, clued you in a bit to uh Sunday plans. Um, I feel like I had something I wanted to talk about a bit and totally forgot it. It might have to do with, I don't know. I'm just like exhausted for, for no real reason. I've, I have found myself and I get in stretches during the year where I can go to bed at 11. I can go to bed at one. It doesn't really matter, but no matter how tired I am, I can't sleep till my alarm. Like I'll wake up 20 minutes before my alarm and, and, and you know, thank God I'm, 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 I sleep through the night. I do have like random stretches also where I just can't sleep through the night, but that's not happening. It's, it's the random week or two straight where I just can't sleep no matter how tired I am. I'll wake up 20 minutes before my alarm, 15 minutes before my alarm. I'm just like, ah, I want to wake up to my alarm just once. It's like I'm sitting here. My eyes are like dead. All I want to do is just play music for an hour, but we're not going to do that. I mean, we'll play music for a while, for a lot, but we have other stuff to get to. But I'm just like, and I remember, um, you know, like people always complain about how tired they are, and it's just like, don't complain. I mean, everyone, listen, everyone has the right to complain, but there's millions of people that are more tired than you that have, you know, my problem is that I only sleep six, seven hours a night. Not, you know, thank thank God that's my problem, and it's not, um, you know, I'm sleeping two hours a night. Like, uh, you know, people that suffer with like ins- insomnia to me, like. You know, what do you, like, what's the one thing you actually don't wish on your, your worst enemy? To me, like, the fact, it, it the fact, like, if you can't fall asleep, to me, that is, like, I mean, one of the worst things out there. So, it's just, like, I wouldn't wish insomnia, I guess, on my, uh, on my worst enemy, it would be. Um, that's sort of my, uh, there's the phone. I should really be shutting that. Um, 
see if that's anyone important. I'm sorry, phone. I don't know if you're important or not. I don't, I don't know who you are, but it, it could be someone important. But call back uh, in an hour or something. Um, or when someone else is in the studio at this moment. But but yeah, insomnia to me is just, uh, that's rough. So I definitely don't wish that on anyone. Anyway, that's why I'm, I'm sort of a little tired and lagging. But I shouldn't be because we're on bite size here. And, and this is a fun show. And I know when we get to the music, um, hopefully I'll be a little more perked up a bit. Um, a little bit more excited. A little bit more uh, untired, as they say. <clears throat> as uh, we get ready to kick off a wonderful Wednesday here on the Nachum Single Network. All right, what is on today's show? Uh, Joanna Shepson joins the program at 9.30 a.m., and she talks to uh, Rabbi Natan Slifkin, who's got some exciting things going on. Rabbi Natan Slifkin from the... Uh, he's talking about the new museum they are building for the Biblical Museum of Natural History. I'm sure that's a name. Rabbi Slifkin is uh, you know, a pretty popular name out there. So that'll be at 9.30 a.m. as he again speaks to Joanna Shepson. And then uh, otherwise it'll be more music. And then at 10 a.m. the new programming here with our community with the United Task Force at 10 a.m. Some wonderful, really excellent, uh, trying to be as objective and unbiased as possible, but really some wonderful programming that takes place Wednesdays, Tuesdays at 10 a.m. and Wednesdays from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Again, our community with the United Task Force, some wonderful programming there. So, uh Otherwise, uh, some upbeat music. I actually added a, a song or two, which I like that that haven't been in my uh, system yet. So I added them into, I guess, the playlist. I guess we'll call it. Um, so hopefully, I wonder. I mean, I'm assuming it'll be pretty easy to pick out. But um, but yeah. So that's it for today's show. Should be fun. Should be a solid rocking hour or so here, and then uh, off to the usual programming or the what's been usual for the last uh, one and a half months or so. I should tell you just a quick uh, programming note, at least for Bite Size. The plan is to do this show live today, and then next week will be our last show for the season. So uh, ending at the end of June, usually take a few months off, and depending on, you know, the Chagim are pretty late this year, so uh, probably back sometime in September is my guess. Um, But otherwise, you know, usually anyway from 9 to 11 a.m. you will be hearing um, encores of this show likely for uh, the remainder of the summer after next week. But all right, let's get to it. And we start things off with one song and one song only on this show. Mahapecha, Shel Simcha, on this Wednesday on Bite Size, right here at the Nachum Single Network. Shamati
לפעמים מרגישים שהחיים כל כך קשים, מה יהיה עוד יום עד שנה? אבל אני מחייך, לא דואג להמשך, כי יש לי, יש לי אמונה. לפעמים מרגישים שהחיים כל כך קשים, מה יהיה עוד יום עוד שנה? אבל אני מחייך, לא דואג להמשך, כי יש לי, יש לי אמונה. והוא בורא עולם, הכוח של כולם שומע את קולי. אני מאמין בניסים, אני יודע שיש אלוקים. והוא בורא עולם, הכוח של כולם ישלח לי את הנס, ישלח לי את הנס שלי, יש לי סיב כל הזמן, לא לבכות הכל לטובה. אסור לך להתייאש, רק תמשיך לבקש, תשמור, תשמור את התקווה. תלכיוך עם בן אדם, יש לי סיב כל הזמן, לא לבכות הכל לטובה. אסור לך להתייאש, רק תמשיך לבקש, תשמור, תשמור את התקווה. ישלח לי את הנס, ישלח לי את הנס של יום
Jerusalem, 
And that was Feel the Magic in the Air, Kobe Parrots, one of those uh, newer songs that I told you uh, was feeling and would add it to this week's playlist for this week's show. And we are at the bottom of our number one and really the only hour on Bite Size today. And it's time for Joanna Shepson's interview with Rabbi Natan Slifkin right here right now on Bite Size at the Nahum Siegel Network. Thank you, Yoni. So today I've taken my son on uh, the day trip with me, and we are in Beit Shemesh at the museum, the Biblical Museum of Natural History. Got to make sure I say that correctly. And uh, we're going to be sitting with Rabbi Natan Slifkin, the founder and the director. Hi, how are you? I'm good, Joanna. How are you? Good. So I've been here many times, and I feel like every time I come, you've got new toys and new new animals, new pets, and and things to show me. So maybe just tell our listeners who those who've been here and those who haven't been here yet, a little bit about what the museum is today, and then we'll talk about the future soon. All right, so we, uh, we present the animal world of the Torah. We have a combination of uh, live animals and uh, no longer alive animals, <laughs> taxidermy mounts. Um, and it's, uh, it's a unique experience where it's very interactive. People get to, to touch the animals, to feel the animals, and to learn a tremendous amount about the animal world of the Torah and the natural history of biblical Israel. So do museums like this exist in other parts of the world that you know of? No, we're pretty unique. <laughs> and this has been your specialty forever, right? Right. Well, as I tell people, you know, my whole life I've been fascinated by animals. My parents took me to the zoo when I was five and picked me up when I was 12. <laughs> and ever since then, I've been keeping lots of weird and wonderful creatures. And uh, about 20, 25 years ago, I started looking into what does Judaism have to say about uh, the animal kingdom. I found this incredible wealth of material. And, uh, and then it's materialized in the form of, of this museum. It's actually a little bit ironic that I'm the one here doing this interview because I'm actually scared of most animals. Anyone who knows me knows that. But um, everything obviously here is caged and behind... Well, I wouldn't say caged. I would say behind safe yeah. glass. Yes, and they start off that way. <laughs> and then, and then he, try, he takes out the boa constrictor and I'm like, no, 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 yeah. no, no. Okay, so... Um, what is an av- what's a regular tour like for a family that wants to come and see the museum? Well, it's a guided tour. In the current facility, it takes about an hour and a half. Um, and it's uh, most, mostly indoors, air-conditioned. And uh, you learn a lot, and you get to uh, experience you know, a, a really extraordinary collection of mammals, birds, reptiles, amphibians, insects. You learn a lot of topics about Tanakh, about Kashrut, a lot of inspirational um, ideas and concepts about the wonders of God's creation. You know, it's a very rich experience. Um, I'm pleased to say that on TripAdvisor we're five stars, and a bunch of people say that we're the best thing they did in Israel. Oh, fantastic. Well, it's definitely unique. I love being able to share you know, different activities that can really only happen in Israel, and your focus on Tanakh and Israeli animal, animals that are from this region and kashrut. It's all very unique. So um, what would give us an example of one or two animals that you have here that are um, unique to Israel or have a, a play a store, you know, are part of a story of the land of Israel? Sure. Well, there's a, there's a, a verse in Tehillim in Baruch Inashi, which speak which says, Harim ha-gavohim la-elim, sla'im shfanim which is usually translated as uh, the high hills are for the ibex. It's a kind of wild goat. And the rocks are a hiding place for the shafanim. But what are shafanim? So it's usually translated as rabbit, like in the famous Israeli nursery rhyme. Ha-shafan, ha yeah. right? Uh, but in fact, it can't be a rabbit, because this verse speaks about the shafanim hiding in rocks. Right? And rabbits hide in burrows, not in rocks. Plus, there's no rabbits in this part of the world. 
So what are these Shfanims? We know from this verse that it's a creature that hides in rocks and that's associated with Ya'ilim, with Ibex. Now, where do you see Ibex? In Ein Gedi. Right, and here at the museum, we have this simulated uh, mount, a miniature mountain with, uh, with some Ibex, uh, ma- uh, Ibex on it. And uh, inside the mountain, we have the Shafanim, the creatures that live uh, in the rocks alongside the uh, Ibex in the wild in Engedi, And they are animals known as Hyraxes. Funny little things that look kind of like groundhogs, but which are in fact most closely related to elephants, believe it or not. Oh, well, so they don't even look like rabbits. Right. It's well, totally just, they're small, brown, and furry. That's about <laughs> as much as they have in common with rabbits. Um, and uh, we have a, you know, a live colony of Hyraxes here. So... You know, if the Shafan is really the Hyrax, so why was it always translated as rabbit? And the answer is that that's a translation uh, that was done in Europe. Well, in Europe, they didn't have any Hyraxes, so they had to translate the term to what they had. In fact, the story goes, rabbits were originally in Spain. And it was the Phoenicians uh, sailing west from here thousands of years ago who got to Spain. They saw these little furry animals hopping around, which reminded them of the Hyraxes of, of the Shafanim. So they said, ah, we shall call this country Shafania, España, Spain. Oh, right, wow. So Spain got its name because it was misnamed after the Hyrax. So the message we're trying to get across here in the museum is that now that we're back in our homeland, you know, we can regain familiarity with the animal world of Tanakh. Oh, that's fascinating. And um, you, you actually do even more than just the, the family tours. I've been to one of your exotic dinners, yeah. which um, was very, very interesting. Maybe you could describe it a little better to the, the listeners. And I know you've done these dinners also in the U.S., that's right. Uh, we do these uh, events in which we serve foods which are kosher, but which are never, never normally eaten. And we have a couple of different menus. We have the biblical menu, which includes doves and quails and geese and goat and deer. We have the uh, exotic curiosities menu, which is pheasants and sparrows and uh, guinea fowl and Asian water buffalo, things like that. And then we have the uh, legends from the sea featuring things such as uh, piranha and kosher oysters and all kinds of other oddities. So those are events that we've done here in Israel and that we also have coming up in, uh, in Teaneck and in Florida in November. Wow. So I'm sure there's a lot of work that goes into preparing dinners like that and also in the content of explaining to people why these animals are kosher or uh, is there ever controversy about this stuff? Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. how do you deal with the controversy? What? what? Well, you know me, I always try and stay away from controversy. Uh, no, um, well, of course, with, cash, with in general, you know, two Jews, three opinions. And certainly we're dealing with things that aren't normally eaten, and there's always uh, controversy. You know, swordfish is a great example. Swordfish is a fish that is widely, popularly believed to be totally non-kosher. Uh, but in fact, it's mentioned as being kosher in the Gemara, and we have clear testimony that for many hundreds of years, Jews ate swordfish. Um, now, the problem is, if you buy swordfish in the store today, you're getting a slab of swordfish, and you have no way of knowing if it's really a swordfish. Uh, they often pass off shark as swordfish. So the only way to do it is if you get the whole fish. And it uh, has fins and scales? It has scales when it's young, and they're absorbed into its body as it grows older. Uh-huh. Right, but in order to know that you... So you can have an adult swordfish, because you know it had scales when it was young, but you have to be sure it's a swordfish. So the only way to do that is to get the whole fish. Now, a swordfish, you know, is seven, eight feet long. You know, it took us months to get one. It cost thousands of shekels. So it's, you know, quite a complicated event to pull off. Does it taste good? Do you taste everything at your dinners? Oh, yeah, yeah. Even the locusts, yeah, sure. (laughs) 
So I came to the dinner, and it's probably not surprising that I didn't taste a lot of the food, but I took lots of amazing pictures. Um, it was coward. really exciting. I'm totally a coward. Um, but one of the real reasons why I wanted to come out here today, because this building that you're in, you've been here for about four and a half years, mm-hmm. and you have some really exciting news to share about the future of the museum. That's right. Uh, because things are getting pretty crowded in this building, both with exhibits and with visitors, um, so for a long time we were looking for a new larger home, and finally we've, uh, we found a fabulous place, uh, just a few minutes from where we are sitting right now, facing the entrance to Bet Shemesh. It's a magnificent new building. It's five times the size of what we have now. And we're going to have a lot more exhibits, uh, a lot better you know, improved displays, a lot more space for people, a lot more parking, and so on. We're going to have a beautiful uh, venue hall for people who want to do a really unusual bar mitzvah or other event. So it, we're very excited about that. And was it important to you to stay in the Beit Shemesh area? Uh, yeah, because you know, it, it's really accessible. Now, especially now with the new road from the highway to Bet Shemesh, the new Route 38, it is just so easy for people to get to from every part of the country. You know, it's, lit- it's literally 10 minutes from the main highway. Now, not a 10 minutes, it's really 20 minutes, but <laughs> really a, really a ten, mi- 10 minutes. And, and we get people from the, from the whole uh, expanse of the country because you know, we're so centrally located. Fantastic. So maybe tell, can you walk us through a little bit what the different exhibits are going to be or how this new museum is going to be different on the inside? Well, we're going to have a whole bunch of different halls. Uh, we're going to have a hall of wonders uh, displaying the most extraordinary creatures, including uh, you know, an, a, a, an elephant, not a live elephant, but a, uh, a full-size tail of a whale, all kinds of other extraordinary creatures. We've got the auditorium. Uh, we've got the Hall of Biblical Wildlife, which is our, our main hall, where we have you know the lions and the bears and the crocodiles and the hippos and the hyenas and all the other wildlife from biblical Israel. Uh, we've got a, a large hall of kashrut, a uh, hall of chauffeurs, a wildlife barn featuring many animals, that, um, uh, wild animals and so on that need a more outdoorsy kind of area. Uh, we've got a hall of small animals, which is going to be a very large room with all kinds of the uh, live reptiles, small mammals and so on, eventually even a bat cave. Uh, the serpentarium, especially our snakes here are very popular, especially the huge ones. So we're going to have a whole uh, serpentarium to encounter all kinds of snakes. So actually you showed me the snake inside. How long did you say that snake is? Uh, he's about 12 feet long, about 100 pounds. But in the new place, we're going to be getting an even bigger one. So the truth is he looks like he's even more than 100 pounds because he's thick. Yeah. So amazing. Very, very powerful animal. His name is Cuddles. He loves giving cuddles. Great snake. <laughs> There's some great family selfie shots yeah. here. <laughs> you know, he's a great snake. You know, eats anything, loves children. <laughs> Don't worry, your children are very safe here. Um, all the tours are guided by experienced guides mm-hmm. who uh, not only know their animals well, they know their Tanakh well, they know their Israel history well. Um, so is there anything else you want to share with the listeners that they should know about before coming out here this summer? Or Yeah, so tours are, right now, tours are by reservation only. So you'd have to go to our website, uh, biblicalnaturalhistory.org. Um, or you can call the office 073-213-1662 to make a reservation. Uh, once we move, which is sometime in the fall, uh, then tours will be even without reservations. But right now it's important to make a reservation, especially for the summer when tours uh, book up pretty fast. Also, they've got tours in Hebrew and in English, so that's you want right. to make sure you're booking an English tour. And Yiddish, if that's what you want. <laughs> or any other language you're mm-hmm. looking for. Um, great. This is so exciting. So I'm, I'm going to definitely write this up as a blog post and add some pictures of the rendering so people 
people can see what the new building is going to look like. Mm-hmm. And I wish I could take you all with me, but uh, Rabbi Slifkin's about to take me on a back behind the scenes backstage tour of the building. And uh, we'll post some pictures so you get to all see it. Thank you so much for sitting down with us. Thank you. And now back to you, Yoni. Thank you, Joanna, and thank you, Rabbi Natan Slifkin. Joanna Shepson can be found at funinjerusalem.com. Fun in Jerusalem on Facebook, Fun in Jerusalem on Instagram to check out all the cool things that uh, that are going on in Jerusalem and all over the land of Israel. we got more music coming up, and then we'll wrap things up uh, and kick it over to our new program with the, our community, titled Our Community with United Task Force. But for now, more music right here on Bite Size at the Nachum Siegel Network.
Mashiach hevet no kimmen, wenn wir vertrugen sich. Jeder einer darfend immer bete mir wart, fahr Mashiach. Er will schon kimmen, er wart auf dir im Meer.
That is Baruch Hashem. I told you I was going to try to end every episode with this song over the last, what was it, probably like three months since Purim when it really became, uh, I guess, stuck in my head. And I hadn't done so in a while just because, I guess, with the acapella stuff. But uh, now that we're off of it, Baruch Hashem, to wrap things off here, that is a Zushan Pumpadisa featuring Matt Dub uh, composition, I guess you might call it. And, uh, well, I guess that wraps things up here on this episode of Bite Size. Like I opened up with earlier, uh, likely one more episode of Bite Size next week, um, and that'll wrap things up for really the whole entire season. Coming up next is our new programming with our, called, titled Our Community with United Task Force. That is 10 a.m. and 10.30 a.m., and then at 11 a.m. it'll be the Wednesday live lunch with Avrami Finkelstein. Thank you all for tuning in for the last hour here with me on Bite Size. My name is, excuse me, my name is Yoni Pollock. I'd like to wish you all a great day and remind you that the Bite Size is always, always, always the right size. <laughs> <laughs>